Animatronio mentioned a fountain. That's a statue of Neptune, god of water. The number of points on his trident is three or tray. The U in his name is written like V. Tray, V, tray, Travy! It's the Travy Fountain! There can be no question! But, Professor... There can be no question! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 5, The Da Vinci Code. You know, Ben, while I was watching this... Hello, Ben. Okay, what just happened? It is me, Jeremy. Oh, God. I am inhabiting your, quote-unquote, co-host, Mike. Okay. I am here to give you a message from the League of Jeremy's. Okay. (laughs) Continue doing the podcast poorly like you are currently doing now that I am inhabiting your, quote-unquote, co-host, Mike. Do you have any questions? Um, okay. First question. Why? This is actively making this podcast worse the moment every moment this continues yeah no you're correct about that i am using most of my spectral energy to make this happen okay two why do you sound like mike trying to uh do a really bad impression of i don't know vin diesel it's because mike's voice box can't really do much anything other than weird mike voice okay do you have any more questions? I, I'm literally losing losing everything about this connection with Mike. Uh, if you could eat lunch with one person, dead or alive, who would it be with and where would you take them? Albert Einstein. And I would take them to Panera. I have to go now. <laughs> Whoa! So after I, I was listening to the episode... did. Wait, where did I, I go some, just now? I need some follow-up on some questions. What, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. About Albert Einstein at Panera. What? What, what are you talking? I don't... <laughs> do ever, does everything taste weird? Like, everything tastes a little bit like... Panera. Copper. And, yes, co- Panera copper, is actually Copper in there. Panera. Copper Panera. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm scared, I Ben. I don't know. I just said the words Copper Panera. I have no idea what this podcast even is anymore. I mean, I, I don't either. Uh, but hey, while we're talking about the League of Jeremy's... But we weren't talking about the League of Jeremy's. I don't understand. Did you know that we have a fan group now? I made, did know that. Made by, yeah. made by our friendly resident grand midwife expert, Laura, who was uh, kind enough to make a a fan group for... We have a fan group, uh-huh. which is insane to yeah, me. Yeah, that, that is bonkers considering how we started this podcast uh-huh. today we have a fan group it's i called... still don't know what you're talking about i lost like a few minutes there i don't i i i'm pretty sure i don't know what's going on it's called the league of jeremy's uh-huh. it's on facebook it's very um, good it's it's a lot of fun so thank you laura yes. if you want to if you want to talk about us and uh futurama and all the fun stuff 
about this podcast for some reason, mm-hmm. just look it up on Facebook, League of Jeremy's. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, and uh, I think we we already tweeted and stuff about it, but you should join. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We're both in the group, and um, neat to have a fan group. It is. It is very <laughs> weird. We we are just like all of all the other podcasts on the internet where they have fan groups run by their fans, uh, like uh, like all the the your favorite problematics and of those natures. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go with Serial because it's the only podcast I can ever think of when I'm comparing myself to other podcasts. <laughs> well, I which mean, is setting the bar really <laughs> high. When you're comparing yourself to a podcast, choose the one that's literally the only one that's ever crossed over into the mainstream. Uh huh. Yep. And um, well, I was I was comparing us to your favorite problematic, and they're about to do the same. So, you know, I'm I'm also up there in the lofty heights of podcasting, where we're more likely in the sewer or the gutter. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Back to the Futurama, the serial of the gutter. <laughs> that's that's about right, actually. I like that one. Um, but we're here doing our dumb stuff for you, our listeners. Welcome to Back to the Futurama, the serial podcast of bad podcasts. No, that's terrible. The <laughs> yeah, serial, the serial, uh, welcome to Back to the Futurama. If serial were produced by two dinguses who love Futurama and have no lives... And also didn't talk about crime at all, and just talked about Futurama. There's crime in Futurama. That's fair. Bender is a pretty big uh, person in the in the show, so I get I get your point. Back to the Futurama. You know when podcasting was bad. Let's take it back there. <laughs> back to the Futurama. Serial. Dot dot dot. Not really. Dot dot dot. Please don't sue us. <laughs> Back to the Futurama. Serial, I never met her. That doesn't even make any sense. Okay. It do- Back to the Futurama. It doesn't even make any sense. Back to the Futurama. This bit's done. Like most bits. Back to the Futurama. We've said Back to the Futurama so many times, it has lost all meaning. Back to the Futurama. Did you forget what podcast you're listening to? If if so, it's Back to the Futurama. That's our new tagline. I like that one. Serial. Just kidding. It's Back to the Futurama. <laughs> Welcome to disappointment. <laughs> Back to the Futurama. Welcome to disappointment. I like that one. <laughs> that one actually like kind of works in every way. So it warms people up to what they're really gonna get. Speaking, and it's stuff like this, what we've just done. Speaking of disappointment, let's talk about the Da Vinci Code. Ooh, we're getting into the early foreshadowing for grades. It will become very apparent very early how I feel about this episode. I have a feeling that it will. We start out the episode with fry on who dares to be a millionaire hosted by morbo i think it's a good question who does dare it's not who wants ever who doesn't want but who dares who takes that chance Mm -hmm. um as opposed to who truths to be a millionaire no that's nothing no Um, it isn't it isn't anything but i appreciate (laughs) the attempt I'll give you a gold star that says there was an attempt. He he goes for three and uh, oh he was uh, playing baseball actually the whole time not basketball. He w- I I can't I didn't even follow that. He went for three but he's playing baseball instead. It's a three point shot. Yes, but that doesn't exist in the sport he's playing. But I'm standing in the middle of a baseball field throwing uh-huh. a basketball. Where exactly are you throwing this basketball? 
from home plate. Towards what? First base. I have a good picture of what you're doing now. <laughs> does it make any more sense than when we started? No, it does not. Fry is the contestant mm-hmm. on Who Dares to Be a Millionaire. Morbo asks, starts chit-chat with, what do you do for a living? Fry is like, me? Uh, fun friend. Now, see, I know that's supposed to be a joke about how stupid Fry is, but I also get that because like, it's more when, of an anxiety when put joke. on the spot, like, yeah, if someone was asking me what I do for a living, sure. I'd be like, I, um, uh, um, cheese. Nope. No, no, no. Uh, that's not right. Yeah. What was the question? Mm-hmm. That's just anxiety speaking, my friend. Anxiety is great. Uh, it's something. I don't know if I'll give it great. Anxiety, the back to the Futurama of this is already so good. Mental states, mental. I still works. Yes, Uh it still works. I like it. I mean, I don't, but I do. It's I'm in that weird liminal space. So the first question, the first actual question is what tool is used to hammer a nail? Fry has presented two options out of four before he answers where the first one was hammer the second mm-hmm. one is nail and when nail is presented he's like nail final answer and then his chair kind of just goes it, it, it originally when he came down like was like came down yeah, on it's like a rocket chair rocket chair and then it just immediately starts heading right back up yep no he did not do well no i do like how like because i think this joke is dumb but i like the callbacks that this provides later where every time he is seen hammering something in he is using a nail to hammer in the other nail yeah it's 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 definitely one of those jokes like well we got to have him doing this now or else it's just a weird one-off that never makes any sense back at planet express uh everybody is giving fry a really hard time they're like don't you ever stop to think before you speak that's that also could also work as a back to the future on my subtitle. Do you ever think before you speak? The answer I mean that's obvious. Answer. I mean if people haven't listened by now. I do like that the professor now has a double thing longer which he uses to poke fry in the eyes. <laughs> it's true. Because if one thing longer is good, two thing longers is better. I mean it's double the thing longer. Double the thing longer, double the fun. Double thing longer gum. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow this is a this is bad for our standards back to the futurama if gum was made of long fingers instead of whatever gum is normally made of that that is in podcast form <laughs> that's 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 very horror podcast feeling to me it's october it's the spoopy month it is the spoopy month so you are correct on that but that that gave me like night night veil chills a little bit. Fry is really upset that everyone's calling him dumb. The professor he doesn't straight up say that he like disowns him as family, mm-hmm. but he's like, "Man, you're so dumb. I don't I can't believe you're in my family." Mm-hmm. And uh Fry's like, "But you're my only family. Who will hug me if I achieve something?" <laughs> I love the idea that if he achieves something. Mhm. Has it happened yet? No indication. He's holding out hope, though, that someday he'll achieve something. So say we all. (laughs) Back to the Futurama. Hopefully we'll achieve something. (laughs) The uh, professor 
takes him into this other room mm-hmm. to show him why he feels so strongly about Fry being so dumb and related to him at the same time. He even says, I'll tell you why I find you so repugnant. And so it's this big display of, of various people throughout history. Mm-hmm. It's just like stone busts, busts of, yeah. of uh, them, including... Uh, people like uh, Einstein and... Um, actually, actually, I don't think Einstein was in this. I don't remember. Group. All I remember I, is Braino is in there. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. Euclid, Copernicus, Braino, and then the professor's personal role model, Leonardo da Vinci. Look, I didn't write down any of them because there are only two people that matter. Braino uh-huh. and Braino again. <laughs> Screw everyone else. Braino double matters. Braino Literally, is... he has double the matter. The brain matter. Exactly. Braino. I mean, there's a lot of brain. Is smart, and that's what I'm trying to say. I'd also suggest that Leonardo da Vinci literally matters to the rest of the plot because he literally shows up as a character. Sorry for the spoilers, but you're listening to a podcast about an episode of Future. So they, uh, he, the professor opens up this whole like cabinet full of da Vinci's various blueprints and designs, Mm -hmm. and also da Vinci's beard. Yeah, Fry initially thinks it's Nibbler, and that Nibbler died in the wall. But it's actually Da Vinci's beard. Mm-hmm. I so he I do like he he picks it up like he puts on the beard and he's stroking <laughs> it. And I had a I had a gif of that on some forum somewhere yeah. like ages and ages ago. And regardless of whatever other feelings I have of this episode, that's a good gif. It, it's just another in the long line of this the the Comedy Central section being really good for memes and gifs and stuff. It's highly memeable. It's not Back to the Future Futurama is not highly memeable. No, it's not. So <laughs> that's a disclaimer on the podcast. Caution. Back to the Futurama is not highly memeable. Unless you count the League of Jeremy's, I guess. I mean, I, I don't. Is that a meme? <laughs> I don't Did know. we coin a meme? I can't. I don't. I, I, re, I reject the idea that we even created a meme. We can't have. No. Um, also, I don't know what that word was, but I think you got the gist of it. So while Fry is wearing this beard and and stroking it <laughs> in contemplation, he sneezes and destroys the beard. But in the process, there's a rolled up parchment in it that has uh, some lost invention that Da Vinci never actually managed to construct. No one knows what it's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fry initially offers to help the professor figure it out. And the professor just kind of laughs him out of the room. Uh, Fry's then shown uh, crossing the street saying, even though I don't have brain smarts, at least I have street smarts. He immediately gets hit by a bus. Yep. And then it just smash cuts to like two months later where he's like, you guys, I was in the hospital for two months. And maybe two weeks. It was two weeks. Two weeks. And nobody visited me. And then uh, the professor tells him to shut up. He's still trying to figure out the invention. Fry then says, not even a card. It It is very sad. I mean, Even his family didn't send him at least a card. There's a mystery afoot. Yes, but I don't know if everybody is in, as invested in the mystery as the professor is. Leela doesn't famously throughout the rest of the episode. Leela does not seem very in. No, you're right. She just does Leela not didn't care. even go. No, Leela didn't go to see Fry. I just find that interesting. Hmm. I, no, I mean, it's a good joke. It's a great joke. It's for, a fantastic joke. For Fry to walk in and be like, not even a card. But it's it doesn't make any sense. Leela would have gone at least. 
Hermes. Think about all the paperwork Hermes is going to have to do while he while. Oh, and you know Hermes enjoys that paperwork. That's true. Uh, I'll retract Hermes as should have gone. So I he was too busy doing paperwork. That was the way he showed he cared. Exactly. That's how bureaucrats care about Mm -hmm. about you. They do paperwork about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe some spreadsheets. They make it easier for you to uh, gain uh, permits. Mm -hmm. That's their love language. It's true. Bureaucrat, bureaucratic <laughs> love languages. Uh, one, cutting through red tape. Mm-hmm. Oh, you. gotta get cut right through that red tape. Spreadsheets. Oh, oh just because oh, spreadsheets are great. Uh, from the bureaucrat's point of view. Right. Three. <laughs> I'll just put that out there real fast. Does not speak for Mike from Back to the Future. Three. Um, do they have any other love languages, or is it just cutting through red tape and? spreadsheets you know what i don't think there is but i'm i don't know if you're a bureaucrat send us a t- tweet at us at back to futurama i will ask my girlfriend she's a bureaucrat i'm sure she will she could also tweet at back to futurama it's then we true. get more she tweets <laughs> gotta go those tweets up my friends back to the futurama our love language is tweets We are not even very far through this episode. The professor notes that he, in order to try to figure out this uh, mystery, he has had Bender to go get a copy of The Last Supper, painted by Da Vinci himself. And Bender comes in with the entire painting on the the like big stone slab, mm-hmm. because as he puts it, the people at <laughs> Kinko's were idiots. <laughs> yes, they're the idiots here. So they take a look at it and they notice uh, like uh, an arm that is not attached to anybody and some weird table legs. Mm, pointing a knife at James the Lesser is what the hand's doing that's not attached to anybody. Mm-hmm. And, which Bender points out is uh, the best part of the... that's <laughs> The best part of that hand. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Zoidberg suggests that Da Vinci might have painted over something else, which he says is called a pinamento. Uh, mm-hmm. And reveals that his doctorate is art, in art history. And I felt that 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 you, Ben, finally had some kinship with Zoidberg. True. I went to school for art. So I had to take some art history mm-hmm. as part of that process. I didn't say like brothers. And, uh, kinship. And so like I can I can appreciate. I can appreciate that. So yeah. No, I, I, I feel mm-hmm. it. I feel it. It also gives another layer to going to him as a medical doctor. Oh, yeah. No, those two things don't overlap. (laughs) If I went to a medical doctor and they were like, oh, yeah, here's my degree. And it says that it's an art history. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to run out of there as fast as humanly possible or ask them to draw me something cool. Ooh. Yeah, there are two choices there. It's run screaming. Those are the only two. And it's possible you can even get that something cool for free because insurance will cover it. Yep. That's definitely how insurance works. Sure is. Back to the Futurama. We don't really know anything. So <laughs> they they take this high-powered x-ray that they use to see through the layers of paint. Mm-hmm. And they find that uh, St. James is actually a robot. This causes everybody to go to Rome, where they fly through <laughs> a future Roma sign. Which I love is- it possibly the best joke in the episode they fly through through the future roma logo while the futurama theme 
is sung by a uh, uh, choir arrangement, mm-hmm. and it is so good. It's so good. They actually end up going to Vatican City, where the space pope is holding court, and then after the space pope finishes his prayers or what have you, uh, he starts uh, lowering them down as they try to land with uh, the, the, the airport. Mm-hmm. He's directing them down. Yes, that's yes. the one. Um, and then they just kind of land on a giant spire and basically skewer the ship with the, the spire. So this this part of the episode is it's just this, it's this constant like, here's a thing. Let's go to the next thing. Let's go to the next thing, which is um, it's it's very tedious to take mm-hmm. notes on this part. So my notes are not great. Um, so Do we want to just kind of jump to the end result of all this da vinci coding well so i'm i mean it's it's important to sort of go through it bit by bit but i'm just gonna burst like through this okay i'm i'm gonna just be a spectator on this one then i'll pipe in when i can so they start looking for james the lesser uh the professor at one point uh, actually pulls out a copy of the da vinci code and cites it as reference on how to find this tomb Mm -hmm. They open it up, and sure enough, James the Lesser is a robot. The robot has a little mouse wheel on the in the middle section, mm-hmm. where a mouse immediately runs in and starts. It's very quick on, yeah. on the wheel. This robot takes them to this chamber that he used to uh, talk to the Pope. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, uh, Pope uh, John the Patient, who has died in the chamber because he was that patient. He was that patient. We find out that the robot's name is Animatronio. Mm-hmm. Which, hi, Animatronio. Yeah, there's an ongoing joke where every time Fry sees him, he's like, oh, hi, Am- Animatronio. <laughs> Even while Animatronio is trying to kill them. We find out that Animatronio is a guardian of Da Vinci's great secrets and awaits to uh, fulfill something about a shadowy society of intellectuals. And Animatronio... Uh, sort of lets slip that this na- the name of this device is the Machina Magnifica. Mm-hmm. At that point, the professor, uh, he, he won't tell him anymore. Mm-hmm. So the professor's like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. Is this where Animatronio dies? Well. Because he flogs himself to death. He dies a lot. He dies a lot. He, he dies almost every time there's the end of a scene. Um, but is this the first time? Because this is he the first time himself to death. Because he he inadvertently mentioned a fountain, and he didn't he didn't mean right. to, and it's like crap. Now I have to punish myself and you know flogs himself, and then he dies. Right with with so, heavy in- italics on that one. So the professor starts using his uh, dizzying logic to. <laughs> this logic is incredible. He he's like okay, so it's a fountain. Here's a statue of Neptune, god of the sea. He's holding a trident. Trident is three. Three is tray. The v- U in, in his name is a V. Tray V. It's Tray V Fountain. That's the only possible... There can be no questions about this. Leela immediately starts to question. There can be no in- questions about this. Tray V Fountain. I mean, it seems to have worked out fine. So they go to Tray V Fountain. <laughs> Before we, we like exit the underground section, there are just a few pieces I want to point out. 
Um, at the very beginning of this, Fry asks Leela to join the Mile Deep Club. Oh, yeah. I forgot Leela, about that. Leela agrees to this. Like, yeah, why not? You only get to bone a mile deep every now and then. Exactly. You got to take that chance. Uh-huh. The professor's like, there's no time. I've identified a clue. It's like, be cool, professor. Jeez. I, I, do, I just love the fact that he he dies every time he shows up. That's that's something that just is a mm-hmm. running gag, and I love it. And oh, I'm sorry. I, I do I'm also I do also want to point out the one other joke I really love is that when he is flaying himself to death, and they're all berating him with questions. The question Bender asks is, "Why would a robot need a codpiece?" <laughs> that's a good question. Need may not be want. Uh huh. So they go to oh, Travy. only the robot can answer. They go to Travy Fountain. Uh, Bender doesn't want any part of this except then there's coins down on the bottom. Well, he doesn't want any part of this because there's some some kind of monster with giant tentacles that eats a man when they show up. I mean, I kind of just took it as Bender doesn't want to do anything. That's fair. also fair. But, a couple uh, different readings of the scene, I suppose. But so, yeah, when it's pointed out that there are coins in the fountain, he- Bender pushes through everybody and jumps in. And then gets in this weird gunfight with this <laughs> giant octopus. It's so good. He pulls out two guns. The octopus pulls, pulls out like five, I think. I uh-huh. counted. And it's like, what is even happening under the water? And then... It's, it's weirdly like uh, stylized, too. Uh-huh. It's a very... Like, it's it's different than everything surrounding it. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. And then this octopus floats up to the top dead and then bender comes up and he's like woohoo i got 48 cents <laughs> that's the right number of cents uh-huh uh, he then sees a giant quote-unquote nickel on the bottom of the 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 fountain and goes down to get it uh the the nickel has a etching of the vitruvian man on it and when he pulls it up uh it's the drain of the fountain yep so everybody gets uh uh pulled down in they all jump into the the water uh leela asks why are we doing this and the professor just grabs her and yanks her into the water um also a robed figure notices this stops serving gelato to some kids and dives into the water as well so this brings them to the pantheon Mm -hmm. and they see the the statue of the vitruvian man and they put in this <laughs> giant nickel. I'm sorry. Fry, Fry points out that the perspective lines lead directly to the dong. Oh, yeah. No. As someone who has taken many art history classes, <laughs> he is technically correct. The, the best, best kind, kind of, of correct. correct. I do love the fact that he's just like the lines and then just points directly at where the lines go to. It's like it's just every everybody's face in that scene looks is hilarious to me. I mean, so, OK, like I said, I went I went to school for art sure and uh so you know in art history you see a lot of paintings and statues of a lot of naked people sure and then also you take life drawing which is you're drawing a lot of naked people and so like you know i will i will just say that um going to school for art means you spend a lot of time staring at dongs Mm -hmm. and um so you know i will say fry probably didn't go to school for art um, when he dropped out from what was it, the Long Island University, Coney Island Co- University. There it is. Go Whitefish. I'm not sure how many. Art- God, I don't know how many art classes he went to. So the fact that he's just like staring at and pointing at uh, the dong is very funny to me. I mean, he's just he's a guy who thinks dongs are funny, and um, on the he's the- not even laughing. He's just like, look how the perspective leads you right to it. 
and just points. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's me where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, whatever, dongs. Like I've seen I've seen a jillion of them because art school and um, it's only it's only those prudes in between those extremes <laughs> who are like, God, stop talking about the dongs. <laughs> like, Back to the Futurama. <laughs> stop talking about the dongs. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the joke, to be honest. I'm not laughing at the presence of or regarding dongs. It's just I... We got to stop talking about these dongs. You're right. So <laughs> we're going to have a new slogan. And I don't like it. Back to the Futurama. Dongs all the way down. So they. We used to be PG friend. <laughs> I know they talk about it on the episode. Therefore, it they, is. Uh, they see the Vitruvian man <laughs> with the perspective and dong and whatever. and <laughs> Dong and whatever. And the professor has Bender put this giant nickel uh, into this coin slot down on the base of mm-hmm. the statue and bender ties a, a string around it to try to yank it back out mm-hmm. and then it just pulls his whole arm off uh which i i really enjoy because for the rest of the scene he just has no right arm yeah the statue of the vitruvian man kind of the limbs move around a little bit and then it turns and rolls down the center of the room uh unveiling uh the 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 floor parts and unveils Da Vinci's Lost Workshop. So yeah, it's this huge circular room just full of random inventions mm-hmm. by Da Vinci. Seemingly random. And then uh, they're trying to figure out what the heck it is. And then uh, Animatronio shows up. Hi, Animatronio. <laughs> uh, they, they're, they're pointing out that nothing works and that, that flying machine is preposterous. It's not aerodynamic at all. And Antonio is like, you'll never understand how this flies. There's a well. First of all, he throws a mace at mm-hmm. at them, and then it hits Bender in the arm socket. So now he's got a mace arm, and then he uses it to, to smack Antonio in the face. There's so much good happening. There. And then the professor accidentally sort of uh, I described it as mouse traps his way <laughs> into the that's a g- into the flying machine. Because he sits on like a catapult and yeah. then gets sprung around and he's it, it the whole contraption just like it puts him right in the flying yeah. machine, which Fry was already sitting in, and then it lifts him up and shoots him off out into space because it turns out the reason why this isn't aerodynamic is because it's not a uh, airplane, it's a spaceship. Mm-hmm. I called it Rube Goldberg esque, um, but I I, I, I like Mousetrap better. All all mousetrap uh board games are rube goldbergs not all rube goldbergs are mousetraps that's exactly what i'm saying i like the mousetrap especially mm-hmm. as they get a glass dome lowered on the mm-hmm. on the uh the spacecraft this is kind of uh, foreshadowed by animatronio saying you'll never understand how they work together and then inadvertently causing it all work right. together animatronio also tries to fire a giant crossbow at them as they're before they're they're launched into the sky and it hits a lever and it seems that that causes that right. to fire. So they fly off into space and then it cuts to one month later, which I have questions because they have no food, no toilet. Do you think Leonardo DiCaprio... Leonardo <laughs> I'm making myself look like Fry and I don't like it. Do you think Leonardo Da Vinci didn't think this one through there's got to be snacks and stuff and all those things 
I mean, granted, I'm, I'm just saying, are they still good? They, Probably not. They are sitting exactly like they were one month ago. Mm-hmm. So, I, is there some sort of uh, stasis or food and toilet facility? Who knows? After this one month flight, it lands on a planet, and the very first person that they see when they land is Leonardo da Vinci himself. And he welcomes them to Planet Vinci. And yeah, it's got all sorts of weird, like, futuristic, but also old-timey looking stuff. It's all all very well done here. Um, Leonardo reveals that he's actually an alien. Fry then says that he was great in Titanic and... And like me, he was thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Because again, I definitely called Leonardo Vinci Leonardo DiCaprio. Just a moment to go. You can roll it back in your podcast feed. It turns out that basically this whole planet is one giant university. Because unlike Fry, uh, they don't enjoy partying all night with plenty of ale and lusty women. No, no, no. They spend their time in the Mathematics Museum. I'll suggest that both of those sound like pretty good times nerd all right i mean same <laughs> okay so we're, we're, my bu- my fellow bu- nerds my bureaucratic love language is spreadsheets <laughs> you freaking nerd <laughs> <laughs> so fry also asks how's your football team learned i love the learned it's very uh-huh. good the, the accent on the so ed. uh they sit down under a statue of Braino mm-hmm. after the professor goes off to mm-hmm. a calculus lesson and Fry talks about all talks all about how he uh, is considered really dumb and how he hates it. Leonardo reveals that he is the stupidest person on planet Vinci. Then a bully named Biff comes up to Leonardo to bully him. And uh, Biff, always the bully. Always the bully. Leonardo da Vinci is really, really upset because he gets bullied all the time and he's like oh if only i hadn't misplaced the plan for my masterpiece uh fry just pulls out the plans for the machina magnifica and it just so happens that that's what he's talking about and it's kismet. Uh, yeah and also at that point the professor comes up and he's like man that calculus lesson was hard we had to answer every question in the form of an opera and then he says, I, I have to go practice. Uh, I have to go study if as long as I don't get embarrassed. I would like to actually attend a calculus <laughs> class where everyone has to answer in the form of an opera. As long as go on, I don't have to answer anything. What if I tell you the answer and then you opera it? Oh, you- I, I can't sing opera. That's fair. Opera is difficult. I can sing karaoke. And that's about it. I've got. Take on me by Aha. I do anything for love by Meatloaf. Um, but but you won't do that. But I won't do opera calculus. So if I can if I can give my answers in the form of Meatloaf power ballad, then I'm back in. I think that's a different planet though. I don't know what planet it is. It might be Planet Meatloaf. Planet Loaf. I don't I don't like the idea or sound of Planet Loaf. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Well, I, I welcome our, to Planet Loaf. Our meatloaf fan cast. <laughs> welcome to episode one. Today we're talking about Bad Out of Hell. It's a meatloaf song, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Keep it locked and loaded to Planet Loaf. <laughs>
Oh, whew. okay. Um, <laughs> planet loaf. Um, it's 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 not uh, super often where we stagger ourselves with our own joke that we have to like back up and continue making it at each other. Welcome back to Planet Loaf, where we would do anything for love, but we won't podcast. That doesn't make any sense. In this fiction, they are a podcast. They're actively podcasting. Uh huh. <laughs> We won't not cast it. Uh, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out before episode one. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Although now I'm curious post to loaf. see if there are any meatloaf podcasts. If it's not called Planet Loaf, I'm not listening to it. Okay. Meatloaf podcasts. The Meatloaf. Okay. Still not Planet Loaf. Um, I don't know if that's about Meatloaf or if it's like. Mm. Ooh, I, can we have a podcast about Meatloaf? Not the man, but the food. I think all meatloafs are welcome in Planet Loaf. Well, I mean, if we're g- going to open Planet Loaf to only meatloafs, it's got to be like bread loaves and stuff like that. We're we're just, we are inclusive of loafs. Um, all right. So yeah, there's no, there is no meatloaf podcast. There's a so niche here. There's a niche. We can, we can fill it. If you, if you want to subscribe to our new meatloaf <laughs> podcast, Planet Loaf. I have to start listening to a whole lot more meatloaf. <laughs> And eating a whole lot more meatloaf. Where were we? Do we were we actually doing Planet Loaf or were we doing our original podcast, Back to the Future Omelette? Now I've just I've got I do anything for love in my head, and it's taking a lot of willpower to not start singing it right now. <laughs> okay, where were we? I have no idea. I I think this is when Fry oh, gave the plans for the yeah, ma- ma- we, machina. We get and a whole montage where Leonardo and Fry are building this Machina Magnifica, uh, including Fry hammering nails into things with another nail. It's true. It's, and, it's very good that they continue that joke. And the professor during this montage keeps going to classes and getting laughed at for how bad and dumb he is. Mm-hmm. It's, it, seems, it seems like this, this planet, other than Leo, Leonardo, are all just jerks. It's true. They're smart, but they're also just giant jerks. Mm-hmm. They need they need, have a lot of intellect, but they need some emotional intellect. They need some compassion. Yes. I agree. Maybe if they sat around listening to some meatloaf, they would... Welcome back to Planet Loaf. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is our backdoor pilot for Planet Loaf. Sorry, you wanted the rest of the Futurama episode? Too bad. We're talking about Bad Out of Hell. Um, I should really double check to make sure that's a real meatloaf song. <laughs> a song we don't even know if it is a meatloaf song or what it is. Is it an album? I think, it, is it an album? Bat Out of Hell is the debut studio album by American rock singer Meatloaf. So not only that, it was a good place to start. It was oh, a good man. episode one. See, we're doing it the right way chronologically, not alphabetically. Oh, now I'm just throwing shade at James. Yep. I shouldn't so, be doing that. Because I loved Blink, Blink and You'll Miss It, and I loved being on it. If you haven't listened to Blink and You'll Miss It, go listen to Blink and You'll Miss It. So, uh, meatloaf aside, we get this whole uh, montage. And at the end, Fry is hammering in, again with a nail, <laughs> this giant banner that says, um, Tonight, Leonardo unveils his greatest invention, plus Fry's armpit concerto. Spoiler, no one liked the armpit concerto. It was not good. I mean, for an armpit concerto, it was probably okay. It was impressive. Okay. Yes. 
But there's a difference between impressive and enjoyable. Sure. I'm more suggesting we should not be putting it up against, say, you know, a a Vivaldi performance. We should be putting it up against the other armpit concertos you've ever seen. But see, that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of armpit concertos in general. It's Mm -hmm. not my genre. Sometimes it just takes one concerto to change your mind. But you're saying this was not it. No, that it's not the armpit concerto that will change my mind. Okay, then we have I'm, to build an armpit concerto of Ben's dreams. I'm not first in line. Honey, I'm still free. <laughs> Are we back in Planet Loaf? No. No, it's okay. take a chance on me. Oh, okay. I got distracted um, by Planet Loaf again. So Wait, has has Meatloaf done a cover of that song? If not, can we pay him enough to make it happen? <laughs> and mm-hmm. and the only payment we have is a retweet of when he releases it on Twitter only because it would be a terrible idea to so, put it anywhere else. Anyways, um, the, yeah, the Armpit Concerto does not go over well. And then Fry's like, if you like that, you'll love Leonardo. He, first of all, he introduces Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone's like, oh, yeah, sweet. And he's like, Oh, no, wait, the other one, Da Vinci. And then there's literal booing and people throwing stuff on stage. Yeah, it's Why do they come if that's what they're going to do? Just don't because go. Because they're giant jerks. That's fair. Also, the sign didn't, didn't indicate whether it was Leonardo Da Vinci or Leonardo DiCaprio. It just said Leonardo. It could have been the Ninja Turtle. Ooh, that's a good point. I mean, there's so I many. I want to see Leonardo the Ninja Turtle's uh, favorite uh greatest invention i'd love to see it right it probably has something to do with pizza right there are so many good leonardos that this could have been and instead it was just stupid old leonardo da vinci back to the futurama stupid old leonardo da vinci back to the futurama throwing shade at leonardo da vinci (laughs) since 2018 (laughs) so i feel like we do that slogan bit like every five episodes (laughs) So Leonardo goes out and he introduces his machine and uh, it turns out it's an unstoppable doomsday machine. He had told Fry that it was an ice cream machine, but the ice cream is just a byproduct of the doomsdaying. I mean, actually, it's unclear if he t- if he told him that or if Fry believed that's what it was. That's a good point. Because all he does is he says that it, the ice cream is the byproduct. So I think, I imagine... He probably said what it was, and Fry just didn't listen because ice cream. That's also good. I like that headcanon. Because also, like, just if you just give me ice cream, I'm going to be like, and zoned out now because you gave me ice cream. Mm-hmm. This is delicious. I don't care what you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm eating this delicious ice cream. This Rocky Road is terrific. Best ice cream flavor. Go. Oh, dang. Okay. Woo. Um, uh, 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 peanut butter swirl. Okay. Did not expect that. Why not? I just, I don't. I'm a peanut butter man. Okay. Um, I would go with, generally, I think coffee ice cream. Okay. Um, that or a good strawberry with like real strawberries Ooh, in it. Ooh, that sounds tends good. Tends to be my, my two. Yeah, I tend to go to like Reese's. Like if I was going to go to Blizzard, I would get Reese's peanut butter okay. cups. Because um, I really like that peanut butter. Although sometimes I'll go Oreo. Oh, look at you. Look at me being uh, cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, unpredictable Mike Leonardo starts up the device and he wants to use it to exterminate everybody who made him feel inferior. So he 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 start uh, the professor's like, "Wait, I want in on this." 
And uh, yeah, because the professor has felt like a dunce this whole time mm-hmm. because he literally actually had a cone on his head for uh-huh. a moment of it. And so the machine goes on this rampage and Fry has uh, hates this whole plan. He's like, you two make me feel ashamed to call myself an idiot. And I don't remember exactly what he says or some he says some inspirational. Uh, there's always going to be somebody smarter than you. So the only way to be happy is to make the most of what you've got. Exactly. That's a good catchphrase for us. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's the one we should have been using this whole time. <laughs> You're right. That's totally the that's the Back to the Future on my slogan. I don't think any I don't think the jokes we can make are any no, good anymore. It's, yeah, that's the best one. Whew. So it's perfect. Fry says that the only thing he's got are, is a nail and another nail to hammer it in. <laughs> I love the I love the committing to that joke is so good. So he starts to hammer this nail in and it it hits a gear and springs back and hits him in the eye, which was a very painful thing to watch. Oh, Even was, in cartoon form. Yeah. It was a nail directly to the eye is a bit much for uh-huh. me. It's it's bad. Um this causes him to fall directly into the exposed gear work. That is enough to gum it up. Like all the gears stop after he gets crushed up a yep. little bit. Yeah, we do see him like go up and down these gears and kind of get stuck in a U bend. And it looks awful. Leonardo has one last trick up his sleeve. He kicks out this like lever and he pulls it. And then when he pulls it, this gear just falls directly on him and crushes him. And and everybody's like, oh, poor Leonardo. <laughs> he sure was stupid. And it's just like, <laughs> man, this this planet is full of jerks. Just full of jerks. Just smart jerks. So they fly back. Fry is all banged up again for the uh-huh. second time this episode. For the second time in, I believe, what is two months. Yes. And he, uh, so he's he's all beat up. And he says, I may not be clever, but I have a good heart. My mom said that. Also, that I'm not much to look at. Uh, The professor says she was a wise woman indeed. And uh, that sort of closes out the episode as they are flying back to Earth. And that means that it is time for... Grades. I think you... I'd like to hear what you have to think. Because you indicated that you did not like this. I think this episode has some pretty good jokes in it here Mm -hmm. and there. I love that callback to hammering a nail in with another nail. Um, Sticking to that throughout the whole episode was pretty fun. Yeah. I liked, you know, the, the, the little jokes here and there. Like, he keeps calling him Leonardo DiCaprio. And, like, those sort of overarching sort of jokes Mm -hmm. I found pretty fun. Um... My biggest problem with this episode is that everything leading up to getting to Planet Vinci feels so rushed. There is no sure. break. And like everything, everything between the time that Fry comes back after getting hit by that bus to the moment they go to Planet Vinci, it feels so rushed. There's barely a break in anything. And I've never really cared for that pacing. Okay. A lot of older Futurama has has much more deliberate pacing. Uh, they take some time to let jokes land. Um, they never, they they don't usually have to uh, rush in story so much for it to get to the the end plot. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you took that whole first premise of 
uh, you know, the the gang trying to find some hidden treasure from mm. uh, that Leonardo da Vinci hid thousands of years ago. I think that could be a really fun episode. Okay. I like the professor's like jumps in logic where he's like, Travy Fountain, you know, so that was pretty fun. And then all of a sudden you get to Planet Vinci and then like the the nonstop pace is just like and done. Like it's sure. suddenly really slow. Everything is in this like montage sort of like it's it's feels like two different episodes almost crammed together. Okay. And I've never cared for that. Do I think it's a bad episode? Not necessarily. I just think it could have been done better. And so I'm going to give it a C minus. Okay. I think we're on two different pages on this one because you hated that kind of frenetic pace. You didn't like it. It wasn't mm-hmm. your... That was 100% the highlight of the episode to me. Okay. Interesting. The way that... I mean, maybe maybe this is just the way I problem solve, but when I see something i'm like oh that means and then that means and then that means so i'm kind of totally in with the characters because they're like making these jumps of logic and being like okay wait if that turns into that then ooh, then run off to do the next thing or whatever so that fits with how i think through the world and that that's why i thought it was so good and so funny to me personally i also agree that the second half or the the planet vinci part doesn't feel right it feels pretty mean all around like sure. the people are mean and then Leonardo has this weird revenge plot that I don't think works or really feels funny in any way. It just feels very, and, and maybe that's just the weird space we live in right now, but sure. it just doesn't work as comedy to me. But the first part of this is for me personally, very, very good. And I think it is reminiscent of some of the other like caper things out there that is a little frenetic sure but like getting you from point a to point b to point c to solve a a thing i i thought it was and especially trying to slam down something that's da vinci code which is a book or a movie into 30 30 minutes and really 15 right you kind of have to do that rush if you want to try to get the right brush strokes and i think they nailed it on that side interesting okay yeah two two very different opinions on that <laughs> so i I, I, I agree with you, though. Like, it could have been done better. And I think leaving it as that kind of frenetic pace, possibly throughout most of it, to find a treasure instead of going to Planet Vinci and seeing that kind of... I think it collapsed into the, the finale of okay. the episode. Whereas if you kept up at least a little bit of the pace and some more mystery and not like, here's Leonardo da Vinci and now he's an idiot. And like that that And everybody hates him and everybody's just going to be mad at each other and like that doesn't that doesn't work for me so i i i really enjoyed the first half of this episode and i think that carries it a lot for me the back half does hurt so i'm probably going to go you you give it a c minus i don't think it's that bad i think it's probably maybe a c plus okay on that cusp but it's but for totally different reasons than you right yeah um so yeah okay yeah interesting and uh, we want to know what you all think uh was it too quick in the first half or was it not quick enough in the second half (laughs) or or are you interested in our new meatloaf podcast planet loaf planet loaf (laughs) bat out of hell (laughs) yeah uh i I don't even remember what else we talked about this episode mostly (laughs) i think it was mostly planet loaf mostly planet loaf 
Yeah, we want to hear. We'll send out the RSS feed when that's ready to go. We want to hear what <laughs> you all think. Um, hey, if you're meatloaf, tweet at us and let's <laughs> let's set this up. Anyways, we want to know what you all think. So there are plenty of ways to get in contact with us. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and most likely all, all sorts of other podcast ca- catchers. So find us there. Review us if you can. Subscribe. Send to your friends. And, and re- when it comes out, subscribe to Planet Loaf. Uh-huh. Yep. And yeah, speaking of uh, contacting us, we actually got a couple of emails. Whoa, um, that's awesome. Jacob sent us a, a discussion on the worst ringtones, uh, which somebody, <laughs> it was a YouTube link, um, uh, and it's it's a one second clip of a sound that a character makes when she's clearing her nose. And um, a one second clip just repeating oh, over no. and over again. That might be worse than daddy pick up the That's phone. That's pretty bad. That's Why would, pretty bad. So here's the question I still have. Why would people do this to themselves? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's the worst. Like there was a moment that I toyed with putting Weird Al's uh, r- ringtone song as my ringtone where he, he laments, why, would I, why did I buy this stupid ringtone? Because it's meta and hilarious uh-huh. and Weird Al. And then I didn't do it because I didn't want to harm everyone around me with my sonic violence. Mm-hmm. Also, Stacy would have just hit your phone with a hammer by uh-huh. this point. And we also got one from Michael who says, uh, first, first I would- off, good name. Good name. First, I would like to say I love the podcast and listen every week. I have loved Futurama ever since I found it on Netflix a few years back. I'm a sophomore in high school, and it's hard to find people my age who love Futurama. All right. Then one day when I was searching through some podcasts, I stumbled on back to the Futurama, and I've been hooked ever since. Also, as far as Team Bender versus Team Zoidberg goes, Bender is the best, but Zoidberg is definitely a close second. Um, I'll take it. So when we're always like, do kids today even know what Futurama is? Apparently, yeah, apparently, apparently some, some do. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for writing in to uh, both Jacob and Michael. And, go- and good luck on your schoolwork. Good, and good luck on finding other people your age who are interested in Futurama. That might be the toughest assignment of all. That might be the toughest all. assignment of all. Yeah, and don't forget, um, also, we have a Patreon, backtothefuturama.com mm-hmm. slash Patreon. They got a whole lot of stuff today. And also the uh, fan club, the fan group on Facebook, League of Jeremy's. Uh, there's a lot of places. Join the Jeremy's. Whoa! There's a lot of places. I missed a moment. To talk to us these days. So, um, and yeah. And if you enjoyed the uh, 12 minutes that this podcast was by the time I edited <laughs> it down into something listenable, let us know. You overstate it by about 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one last one last thing. More paperwork. Uh, housekeeping. <laughs> more housekeeping. Podcast business. More podcast business. Uh, next week, I think, will be our live episode for the month. I, I hope it's as loose and goofy as this one so, was. So um, $5 and up patrons get to listen to us record live with all the uh, warts and all. With all the coughs and the bad uh, word sayings. We have said enough bad word sayings. Oh, oh, we have said a lot of bad words tonight. And not bad because they're one of the bad words, but so, like worse. We've just done a poor job. Until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.